Hey love, you're listening to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia. Each week, I'm recharging you with tips and engaging conversations, reminding us that finding luxury in our lives begins with taking care of the most important thing, Y-O-U. It takes persistence and spunk to be successful, but instead of living to work, let's work to live. You up for it? My answer is a clangorous, vociferous yes. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Ready to party. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. What, like it's hard? If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, and today I really wanted to talk about being victims of our own thoughts, and I wanted to talk about my own personal journey, growing and evolving, and finding my own path through body dysmorphia, through eating disorders, through um, making myself a victim when I didn't need to be, and just finding ways to love and trust and honor myself for what I am, for what I have, and and value all those wonderful things and be my own personal cheerleader. And I wanted to talk about my journey of this probably since the podcast began. We're coming up on episode 100. This is the last week that I'm doing two episodes a week because I'm coming up on 100 episodes, which is so exciting. We've passed the one-year mark of starting and creating and launching this brand. And I say we, cause it's like me as the host and me as the producer and me as, um, the content receiver and me as someone who's going out there finding the guests and, and all the different thing that goes into evolving this podcast of what it is and what it's become. And the reason I thought that this was super important to talk about is because the other day I was like sitting there thinking to myself and I was like, we need to stop trying to be worthy of everyone else and start being worthy of ourselves, right? So like that quote was like coming up in my head and it resonated with me. It, was, it wasn't a quote, I coined it as a quote, but I was like this whole time, like a lot of things in our lives, find, we find places in our moments and, and moments in our lives when we hold ourselves back and we're holding ourselves back because we don't think that we're worthy of something, right? So like, for me with my body and like my thoughts in my brain and all the things that we're going to get into today that I'm going to open up about here finally on the podcast. I didn't think that I was worthy enough to be loved. I didn't think I was worthy enough to book a gig. I didn't think I was worthy enough to be looked at as someone who was sexy or beautiful or whatever. And because I didn't allow myself to be worthy of that and I was so fixated on other people allowing me to be worthy, I was unhappy. I was depressed. I was going through an eating disorder. I was struggling with my own um, image of myself, truly, instead of just honoring it and and celebrating it for all of its beauty and wonder and and excitement and joy and, and all the things that I do encourage myself that I am each day, that we should all encourage ourselves that we are. And to go deep into that before we go into it, I just want to say that if there's anyone out there that also feels like this is something that they've connected to. Um, I, I personally am not a, 
a licensed therapist, if it's something that you feel like you need to connect with someone about, I, I urge you to do so. I also want to say that I'm not someone that had a, trast, a drastic transformation. For me, it was a lot. For my family, it was a lot. For um, the image of what I had, you know, gaining up to, I think I was almost like right under 150 pounds for me at one point in my life. That was a lot. Um, and so I'm not speaking on behalf of obesity and a massive transformation and the people that do that, I applaud that. But I just want to talk to you about my own personal journey because I think there are a lot of people out there that live in this size um, four to eight realm that, that do have this body dysmorphia. And, and it's it's these these um, figments of our imagination that we need to focus and fixate on. So I want to share my personal journey with you today. This may be a trigger for someone who's personally going through things. So before I even dive in, maybe this is an episode that, that you maybe skip over if you're currently working on um, loving yourself and, and finding ways to work towards um, work towards that in your own personal life. This might not be your um like your episode that you're ready for at the current moment in time so I just want to go ahead and lay all of it out there here before we begin but welcome if you're not part of this uh, platform please hit that subscribe button join me weekly talking all about self-care bringing on self-care guests giving us tips acknowledgement their own personal journeys just being open and honest raw and unedited here on the podcast is something that I really love doing but I love reminding us that self-care is so much more than bubble baths it's so much more than spa dates it's also fitness and and healthy life choices and surrounding yourself by good people and and working on yourself from the inside out, taking care of ourselves first so we can be present for staff, family, loved ones, um, people who rely on us, and so on and so forth. So welcome to this podcast platform, The Luxury of Self-Care. Again, hit that subscribe button. Give me a five-star rating on Apple if you haven't done so already. Leave us a review. Let me know things you want to hear about. Let me know a guest that you may think would be perfect for our podcast or possibly it's yourself. So please let me know on that in Apple Podcast in that rating and review section at the very bottom. If you scroll all the way down, you'll find it there. So this idea that I had that I want to dive into today is about loving yourself first and the rest will follow and that truly honestly it's it sounds so simple but it it was 100% that that was my aha moment I needed to focus love myself first make choices for myself and then the rest of it followed the happiness followed the weight loss followed the um getting rid of the obsession of everything that I was doing it all left and it it migrated into that after years and and a lifestyle of drilling it into my brain. So to start at the very beginning, as all things do, I am a child of theater. I am come from a competition dance background. So for me, in when I was younger, I just remember I didn't I didn't think of anything. I think once we hit high school, which all of us, um, a lot of females, are pretty understanding towards once we hit high school you know we start to look around and I remember people always complaining about their cramps and their this and their that and I was sitting there as a 16 year old and truly honestly did not even know what that felt like because here spoiler alert I only got my period at age 16. So that's like one of the biggest things that took me a really long time to finally develop. I was a junior in high school when I finally you know, became a woman, so to say. So I was constantly looked at as like the flat chested girl. I didn't have a lot of stuff going on. And 
and I was always just like small and petite and I looked like I was 12 years old. And that was like truly, honestly, like I see kids now and sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, they look so much older than I did at that age. And we, we all go through different things and we have different developments. So being in a dance competition background, you know, you're, there's a big difference, right? As we know, when you are eating as a child, it's a very big difference. I want those hormones kick in and how you're eating as an adult. And my parents had strategically given us pretty much a, a, a regimented, well-balanced diet. Like we ate pretty clean at home. We still had ice cream here and there. We treated ourselves. Um, it wasn't every day. We didn't, we ate like fast food maybe once in a blue moon. We didn't have it on a daily basis. We sometimes maybe had it on a weekly, but it was pretty rare. And, and knowing that you're developing this like idea in your gut, your, your body is developing this sort of, um, plan. Like these are the foods I eat. This is a nutrition. This is where things go. This is where fat is stored. This is where this is stored. Like your body programs, whatever you're putting into it. So as I'm watching my friends, you know, move into motherhood and adult and, and being a parent, you see them strategically planning out their kids meals. It wasn't anything like I wasn't given cookies and I wasn't given this and I wasn't given that. I had a very well balanced diet just naturally because my parents naturally did the same for themselves for the most part. And then as I progressed into going through puberty, uh, that was the moment when I started to realize like, okay, you know, when you're sneaking off and like drinking at parties, like you notice a little bit of weight gain or you notice, um, a you start to compare yourself to other people around you. I don't really feel like I ever started to really compare myself until I was in my teens. And I remember looking around at other people at my dance studio and us being our half top and booty shorts. And I remember like my rib cage used to stick out and I didn't really have that big of boobs. My rib cage is still big. My rib cage still sticks out. And when I rock a two piece, you can see it. It's just like, that's the way my body's built. And it's not, I'm not going to go and strategic. I'm not going to go and get my like ribs removed just so I can conform to what the norm of a flat stomach looks like. Like accept and love yourself first and the rest will follow. So continuing on from that, then I was either, I was either a really muscular kid or I was flab. It was like abs or flab. That's kind of how I've always been since I hit, um, puberty. And I had a lot of friends that had like beautiful long torsos, a lot of dancers that had like long legs, long torsos, and were just naturally thin. My best friends, like I always felt so fat around them because they were both like five, six, five, seven, and I was five, three, five, four, and just like had a different body type than they had. So when they would wear like little double zeros and stuff in high school, and I was in a size two or a four, like I had this mindset that I wasn't normal or I didn't look as good as them instead of just being happy with what I had I think all of us can reflect back on that and think of the moments where you know we, we felt that way like I couldn't share jeans with my girlfriends because my butt was much bigger than theirs was and and different stuff like that so it starts to develop over time and that's kind of like where my mindset was headed and then then I moved into pageants so I did pageants my senior year and stuff and I constantly just I remember during that time because I had gained a little bit of weight my junior I want to say not crazy, but just because I had hit puberty and things were changing and blossoming and evolving in my own body. I remember I got up to like 130. Again, not a big size, but in my mind, it was big for me. And I remember going to do this, whole, like I, I remember going into this 
uh, Miss Teen USA and going into a National American Miss was the other one that I did. And I just remember having this idea like I didn't feel thin enough. And I remember Thanksgiving had rolled around that one year and I had like a couple pieces of like just a few pieces of turkey and then I had a couple carrots. Like that's what I had for Thanksgiving dinner because I knew that I needed to go to the actual competition like the week after Thanksgiving. I even remember being in the shower like the day we were doing the bathing suit and I, no joke, in the actual convention wherever we were in the hotel, I remember getting down into the tub of the shower while the shower was turned on and literally doing an ab workout because I felt like my abs didn't look good enough then and it was a full body dysmorphia like you're setting yourself up to think this and if we're looking at if we're looking at being an icon for young girls as a pageant queen I don't think that encouraging them to be thin in that way by doing something like starving themselves or overthinking everything or not thinking that they're good enough is a good way to evolve their brains, right? Because for me, that's what my brain thought. I have to be this thin and my body needs to be this perfect and there needs to be zero flaws in order for me to win this title, in order for me to make sure that I can be there as an icon for kids so then they can start to develop this dysmorphia like it it really truly doesn't make any sense and that's where my head was at and I think a lot of us can think back on moments it's like then I moved into like I, I then moved into college and it was the first time when I left home and was in charge of my own diet so I thought you know like I'm eating healthy I'm eating these like noodles with a little bit of olive oil on them that were like um I think they were like whole wheat noodles and then I would saute up some vegetables and everything like that and put chicken in but I was eating too much I was doing too high of fats I was doing too high of calories too high of carbs and then I would have like a wrap that again it had all good ingredients in it but I was eating more than I needed to be eating so that was what was the big thing is that I was noticing that I was eating all of these good foods or healthy foods. So I thought, but I was gaining all this weight. And I remember, you know, and that's, that's a common, right? You're doing that. Then you're also going out and drinking and then you're eating pizza late night and then going to bed afterwards. I mean, that, that is the college experience. We've all been there. We've all experienced it. So after that, I remember I had gone and I had moved on and was in the world of Disney world. And I had, you know, worked hard at like, I hang, hung out with a lot of friends, a lot of friends who were, who had gone through eating disorders themselves, whether it was binge eating or whether it was starving themselves or like minimal caloric intake that they could barely make it through the parade. Like you just think about it. And I, I just remember strategically planning everything so much and it was so intense that like everything else went away. Like I was obsessed with Slim Fast. Does anyone else remember Slim Fast? Like that was such a big thing. I was like 
slim fast for breakfast, slim fast for lunch with like a little bit like a banana or something else. And then I finally ate a meal at dinner. Like that is not enough calories to get you through the day, especially a parade with 97 de- like percent humidity. And it's like 98 degrees outside. Like that is just not enough to get you through. But I understand the mentality of being a performer and wanting to look a specific way. You know, moving into when I went out West, then I was really trying to become a Laker girl. I had gone to the Laker girl auditions and the Clipper girl auditions and I crashed dieted. So I went from like being 135 pounds to like being 115. Like I was probably one of the tiniest I had ever been in my life. And even then when I got cut at the Laker girls audition, I remember them making an announcement on the microphone saying like, you know, remember that we need girls that look like they're ready to be cheerleaders in our costume tomorrow. And it was like right after I had my group had gone in these final calls. And of course you just, you immediately jump to the conclusion of it was me. Like I'm the reason. So they cut, like they were saying that because they still think that I'm too fat and I was 115 pounds, but like that was me and my own mental mind mindset which again wasn't healthy wasn't encouraging not good for accepting yourself and loving yourself and encouraging yourself to like constantly wake up go back out there go to these auditions and get denied again because the minute that you keep getting denied from things you think it's because you're too big so then I went to a conservatory after that and in my conservatory was the biggest that I have ever been um it's a picture that I will be posting this week And I remember I was like, just, I was like between, I think it was about 145 and it wasn't a healthy, like muscle 145. It was like straight up, like gained weight, 145, like eating shamrock shakes from McDonald's, drinking a lot, having pizza, like just doing whatever I wanted, but I then would crash diet. So then like I was 145 and then because I saw my family that year, they literally looked at pictures and my grandparents and my father and it wasn't in a mean way but like they had said I didn't even recognize you and to me like I was devastated I couldn't believe that they they couldn't they they couldn't recognize me like was I that massive you know and that was how my mindset was so for me my relationship with food has always been messed up it was either straight up fear or straight up guilt because for at that moment it was like guilt like oh well I'm big already I'm going to keep eating and then we moved into fear because then I really started to crash diet even more so I went into different cleanses where I would go from like 145 and then I went all the way down to like 120 and then I would flip between like 120 and 130 and like anytime I was a little bit over I was like insane to my body about you know, being harsh on it and creating stress. And like my cortisone levels were through the roof. I was not loving myself. So of course my stress levels were high, which was causing fat cells to happen that didn't need to be there. And so moving past that, you move into Manhattan and then you're auditioning all the time, constantly comparing yourself to other girls. And yeah, there were days where I was so busy. I was running around Manhattan like a mad woman and I just wasn't eating a lot. And because I wasn't eating a lot, everyone kept telling me how amazing I looked. 
So then you get obsessed with the fact that everyone's complimenting you, telling you you look amazing. And you know the reason that is, is because you're not eating. So like going through another level of that and going through, an, I don't, I don't want to engage and share the ways that I did crash diet because I don't want to encourage any of us to like utilize those things. Cause the point is about getting out of that mindset. The point is, is how I moved forward. And that's what I wanted to, to focus on. Cause I constantly was trying to be worthy of the norm of what society told me was pretty what society told me my stomach should look like, what society told me about cellulite, what society told me about this, what it told me about that. I am all about potty positivity. I'm all about your journey about the losing of the weight. I'm all about knowing where you're at and knowing you can always be better. That, there's all those things. That's where my mindset is now. And within that transformation, what happened was I did a show call well I, yeah I mean again again I went on another tour I'm looking back and I'm thinking again like I was small and then I went on another tour and because we we're on the bus all day we just weren't doing as much and we were a little lazy after shows and stuff like that I didn't after traveling on the bus all day sometimes the last thing I wanted to do was work out I wanted to like explore the town that we were in and the point is is that you have to find like ways to add in moments that you can actually make healthier choices so because I was on the bus all day and I wanted to see a new space then I should have chose to wake up a little bit earlier so I could do a 30 minute workout and then go into that or do a longer warm-up before I went into my show that night or, or anything because after you do a show after a while your body gets used to it so like everyone always thinks oh my god you must burn so many calories when you do these shows like a lot of patrons would say that at a show anytime I was in a performance and it's like your body becomes adapted to it. If you're someone who constantly runs 20K, you know, a week, your body's going to know that you're doing that. Are you still going to be strong and everything because of it? Yes, but you're going to be at a plateau level. You're never going to go down below that. You know, you're not going to be gaining anything, but you're not going to be losing anything because it's used to it. Like you've trained yourself to be a well-oiled machine that's super energized to get yourself through this 20K every week. So within that... Now that I'm moving forward, I'm sharing like all these different moments of all the messed up dysmorphias and the this and the that. And, and Miko knows that. She's like popping up to say hi here on the microphone. But you have to realize that we need to accept ourselves first and then the rest will follow. So what had happened was I had booked a show with a company call and I did Rock of Ages and that's when I met Douglas. And I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, that's my costume. Let me do that. But it was like a healthy way. It wasn't crash dieting for the first time ever. It was like we were eating clean. We still made room for, for like drinking and this and that, but made smart choices along the way. It wasn't like, oh, well, it's my cheat day and you just ate whatever you wanted, did whatever you wanted and then killed yourself the rest of the week. No, it was like all the time we always made smart choices and it was like, okay, now we get to have this. And we would go to like In-N-Out Burger, but we would have a protein style version of it and then be able to have a shake because like technically you're not doing too much there and, and maybe split the animal fries with someone else. So you're able to have things and, and not because what happened then is as I transitioned into this new lifestyle of balance within my food diet, instead of looking at food as either like, oh my God, I can't eat anything because everything's going to make me fat or I'm so guilty because I'm fat right now. I'll just eat whatever I want. 
I had found the in-between. And within the in-between, that's when I was able to discover this beauty of a lifestyle of these choices. And after I started to develop and put these things into my body, that's what I craved. Like I still crave eggs and bacon and avocado and a couple like a couple things of fruit, whether it be um, some raspberries, blackberries, or blueberries in the morning because I've trained my body to crave those things. And they're all wonderful, natural, healthy things to get me moving that day. Spinach, um, pea sprouts. I mean, I love avocado. Anything that's like a healthy fat. And, and it fills me up. It fuels me. If I don't get a chance to have that, I make a bunch of hard-boiled eggs in the morning that I can bring with me. And I cook the bacon before. And then you can bring like one of my green shakes that I always talk about with... Um, modern nature that you can always purchase that have a whole bunch of greens in them and a whole bunch of other things. But I stopped thinking and stressing about like what I was eating when I was eating and just started to plan more. I started to make healthier, smarter choices. And what I then found is that I started to crave better foods. I wasn't craving a shamrock shake. I wasn't craving ice cream. I wasn't craving pizza because I wasn't feeding it to myself on the regular. So your body shifted again. It reprogrammed itself to understand what you wanted, what you needed, and what fueled you in your lifestyle. And within that, I incorporated a lot of healthy habits with working out. And within that, I found the love of my life who I'm about to marry. You know, I I had finally found Douglas and Douglas just loved me for everything that I was. And I had, I feel like I gained a lot of muscle during Rock of Ages because I did Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and then into Rock of Ages and you're still having a good time and you're drinking and you're partying, but like that's during a show. It's, it's very different during a show. You're in a different mindset as opposed to like your everyday average life and coming back and going into audition seasons and, and doing other shows after that and then working on a cruise ship again. It's like, it's the healthy balance. It's like, I knew that I would... I knew that I needed to work out on a daily basis. I fell in love with T25. Again, I gained a bunch of muscle when I did that. But then moving out of that concept, coming back onto land, what I realized is that I can always find a balance and within my food and I can find a way to keep myself physically fit enough. Now, at this moment in time in my life today, here on the 24th of May, do I feel as if... I am in the best shape of my life than I've ever been. Hell no. I I have pictures of the best shape of my life healthily. I have pictures of the best shape of my life unhealthily. And I, but I'm also not at my worst. I'm at a healthy in between and the number doesn't matter to me anymore. Like it's honestly so rare if I get on a scale and I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, that's what I weigh. I have no idea. And I really think that that's encouraging. I say that all the time at Lululemon too. I'm like, it's not the number that you're wearing in the pants because no one knows that number but you. It's the way that the clothes fit you. If you're trying to squeeze yourself into a size four because you swear you're a size four and you're not a size four, you're a size six, you're going to look worse in that size four than just picking the size six and making it flatter you and and owning it and enjoying it and being a part of that journey for yourself. And if you're in those bigger sizes right now and you're finding body love and body positivity, I continue to encourage you to keep going where you're going. Find that love, acceptance, and everything first, and then the rest will follow. Then you'll start to make healthier choices because you want to. Then you'll start to, you'll do things that you want and need to do in order to make yourself feel the best that you can be like I love my yoga it's it's such an amazing mindful um 
mindful moment with yourself. It's a, a fabulous stretch for all my dancers out there. I love doing it for that. I love it for the medita- meditative state of mind. I think it builds lean, long muscles. I think you can add in weights if you want to get a little bit extra. I love adding in some type of HIIT workout. I go to Treadhouse here locally in Lancaster. Right? You see that on my Instagram sometimes. And I like to do one HIIT workout a week. I like to do two yoga classes a week. And then I do my own thing. If I can get in at least three fitness classes and I can make some choices, I can then go out and, and eat what I want. I had gone out with my um, co-workers when I was down in Texas in the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic hit when I was working for my liquor sales company. And they were like, wow, you really eat anything you want and you're tiny. The word tiny used to throw me off so much. People still will tell me the word tiny and I'm like, I am not that. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't, we all, we, we say like, we say, um, what do we say? We say tiny is one and the other one is um, we are um, curvy. It's like those two words are mean so many different things to so many different people that I'm like, I, I don't know what that means. I would say I'm at a healthy state. I would say that I enjoy eating things that are good and tasty, but I do them in moderation as we should for anything. We should never overwork ourselves out. I had a lot of friends that like killed themselves at the gym because they thought that was the only way they could look good. And then I had a lot of friends who starved themselves because that, and they, they didn't have enough energy to do anything else because that was their way to look good. I had a balance and a craziness of both my entire life. And I, I just think that we need to, love ourselves first and the rest will follow because like we have become victims of our and emotions of our thoughts and we don't need to be that we think that everyone else is looking at us thinking that we look fat or we look this or we look that if you're doing it for you that's fine if you're like you know what I've gained a little bit I need to make a couple smarter choices this week like I'm just gonna I'm gonna reel it in for a second here not crash dieting, but like reel it in or one glass less of wine or don't choose to have the late night snack, like doing those, the things that are going to make you not feel the best in the morning. Like you don't need to have popcorn like 20 minutes before you go to bed or like an hour before you go to bed. Like if you have an early dinner that day and you guys are having a movie night, have the popcorn for that one day that week, but you don't need it nightly. Like we don't need ice cream daily either. You know, there are, there are many things that I used to do all the time that I'm like, you don't need those things because guess what? You wake up in the morning and usually have some type of acid reflux because you were eating too late at night. And like sometimes, even last night, like I came back from dinner with my dad And what I did was I grabbed my wine glass, but I didn't fill it with wine. I put some mint sprigs in there and some lemons and I filled it up with water and I drank all that, but I drank it as if it was wine and did the other thing. And it's not about, it was just the fixation. It's like, I still wanted to be drinking something, but I thought that it had to be like me opening another bottle of wine. I I didn't need that other bottle of wine. And then I was able to wake up rejuvenated to take a morning meditation and do a yoga flow this morning and like spend some time with myself and get some stuff done on my off day like there are so many ways that we can do that and we find ourselves be stronger so whether you looked at this as me sharing with you just like things that had happened to me over my life or me rambling or if this just helps you connect and feel a little bit closer to my personal journey I hope you realize that you are wonderful and that's where it's going to start like you are a you're wonderful where you're at right now, you can always be better, but you don't need to prove it to anyone else but yourself. If you're doing it for you, 
that's okay. But if you're doing it for everyone else and truly be honest with yourself, am I doing this for me or am I doing it for everyone else? Because like I love my breakfast I make every morning and that's definitely for me and my taste buds. And I love the way that I feel after some of these workout classes and during them. And that's for me. It's not so I look good in my bikini pictures. It's not so I can like face tune the crap out and edit a picture of mine because I'm not actually pleased with the way that I look right now. No, I'm, I'm going to share with you the honest truth. Do I flap, slap a filter on there to make sure everything kind of stays consistent on my feed? Absolutely. I mean, we all kind of do here in the market of that, but I, I'm not doing it for anyone but myself. And I think every once in a while we need to do, to do things that make us confident. Like I even went down and I had just posted this on my Instagram that I was like, things are cheeky here in Florida. And it was like the first time I had ever worn like a thong bathing suit on the beach. And I remember feeling slightly like, should I wear this? Should I not? And asking like my fiance about it. I'm like, should I actually be wearing this? And he was like, oh my God, baby, you look so great right now. Like, and, and it was great and it was encouraging and I did it and I felt good about it. And I didn't, I didn't think twice about it anymore after. I took the pictures. I felt like I felt good about sharing them and I didn't ed- edit them or anything crazy other than putting a filter on um, because I, I was happy with the way that I looked. I want to share who I am naturally and and I wanted to be loved for who I was naturally too and that's why I found the partner that I found. It was someone who loved me for me. So find that stuff. I'm telling you, I had to love myself first. And that's how I found the love with Douglas, which then led to my consistency of having a loving relationship with food, my body, and, you know, my my life, my lifestyle and each and everyday choices. If this at all spoke to you, please reach out to me in a DM. If any of it like really made you think about anything or everything, let me know because I'd love to hear if this opened up something for you that you feel like you can share, you, you haven't shared with anyone else and you feel like you want to share with me, I'm always here for you. Slide into my DMs, share away. That's what this whole entire umbrella is for. But I hope you enjoyed this very open share from me because it's definitely been something that I've hidden over the years and, and, and tucked under. I've had many dif- eating disorders and massive issues with the way that I looked mentally and now... Yes, there are days where I'm like, oh, I could be do better. And I, and I get excited about doing better. And then there are days where I'm like, oh, I look great. And I get excited about looking great. But it's for me. It truly is at the end of the day. I think Doug is my encouragement. I think, you know, getting into a smaller size or like, you know, fitting into a certain dress that you absolutely love is encouragement. I think my wedding day and knowing all the pictures that are going to be taken is encouragement. But I know that at this point in my life, I love myself enough that it's not going to drive me to like, an eating disorder anymore because that like aha moment that I had where I was like, I need to love myself was that, that end all be all. And from then on, it was always my body and the way that I wanted it to be and choices that I was making for it. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in and for all my subscribers. Thanks for being here every week. Truly. I love having y'all and chatting with you on Instagram. So find me on there. I'm at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg and have an amazing rest of your week. I can't wait for you to hear my guest on Thursday. So tune in for that. And remember, this is the last week that I'm doing two episodes. So we're morphing into one episode a week after this week. So be on the lookout for that and sign up for the newsletter if you haven't done so already. It's all in the show notes. 
thanks for tuning into today's episode on the luxury of self-care. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this channel on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on. If you are on Apple Podcast and have a brief moment to leave me a five-star rating and a review, it truly helps me grow the show organically. I love hearing from you. In addition, you can find me and all updates on the show on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. Yep, just like the Universal film Anastasia or like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. If you would like to support this show, do not hesitate to reach out. Your small donation really helps me keep up the sustainability of each episode and all the marketing that goes into this show. Lastly, I just wanted to thank you so much for all of your love and all of your support. And as always, for tuning in.